Hello and welcome to the Brazen Men Show, and I'm your host Craig Carlisle. Here we go. You know what we, you know how we do. You know what I'm going to say. It's Super Tuesday. I love Tuesdays. You're listening to us right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. What up, Chatham? How you guys doing today? Those of you who are listening to our podcast on theraisingmenshow.com, appreciate you for sticking with us, riding with us. This is week 10 of our series, Teachable Moments, and I've been really seeking God on what we're supposed to say, what I'm supposed to share. And there goes that we again. I'm still working on that, <laughs> working on that we. So we're going to use the we. Maybe the Lord's saying, hey, you know, it's 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 us working together, the, the four of us, you know, in this thing together. So we'll say that's what the we is all about. And Today's topic is in the waiting. And and I know in past, you know, past shows I've done before, I've, I've shared how after my wife had passed that I would stand in the window of our home and, you know, I would wait for someone to get home. I would wait for the kids to show up again. I would wait for, you know, the Lord to, for someone to, to need me or for me to do something. But in this particular case, in this, in this particular segment or this aspect of teachable moments, it has to do with waiting on God. Well, you know, God has told you something. God has shown you something. God has promised some things to you. Or, or even God has maybe has, has even changed your situation to the point where you don't even know what's coming next. You're, you're in, a, in, in a space where we're not even sure of who we are anymore. We're, we're trying to learn and grow. Because for me, I've, I've, I've been, of course, you know, being a single dad, you know, a widower for, we're almost through six years. And we kind of, the first few years we stayed in the house where we, you know, where my late wife had passed away. She didn't pass away in the house, but it was the last house we had together. And as a family, we, we lived there. We had all of our stuff there. We had a lot of her stuff still there. The stuff that she had, had set up for us were all still there. And so we knew life, what life was supposed to have been because we knew that's what it looked like. And you know, we, it just looked the same as before. She just wasn't there. And so after I sold that house, we moved into a much smaller place. I've shared about that experience. That's a year I don't ever want to relive again. It's probably one of the worst years of my life. Um, we moved to another place and that, that place was okay. You know, it was a, it was a fresh start for us. I'd pretty much gotten rid of almost all of our furniture. And so for, you know, most guys, you know, we don't have a, a designer's eye. We don't have that, that look and feel for what you go wear. And I, it was a frustrating time for me because I found myself roaming through stores. And I'm, I know I shared this on a previous show as well, when I was buying furniture for that place, I just, I would find myself angry and mad at God and mad at my ex-wife because here I was roaming around a store looking for things you know, trying to figure out what I was supposed to do and put where and how that really was. And it, you know, it just, I was just angry at my situation. So this was a year removed from that. I'm in another place and, you know, I, I know I've shared another previous broadcast that I didn't like the place where we live now initially, but now I really, I've grown to love this place. I really like what we, what the Lord has brought for us, what the Lord is doing for us. I, I like the space a lot. I, I enjoy where we are. And what was odd with this, I wanted, to, I had made a commitment to myself and I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, I want to, I, I want us to live here for a while. I want us to be able to, you know, make this place not just feel like home, but I want it to look like home. I don't, I wanted to put things, you know, pictures on the wall. I wanted to put things in their proper place. And I've been really praying to the Lord to really show what, and where and how to do, because, you know, 
like I said, my late wife, she was the one who did the decorations. This, she had themes and she had, it was seasonal and everything was in its place just so. For me, it, this is a house that's got five guys living in it. And, and I didn't want it to look and feel like a locker room. And I didn't want it to smell like a locker room. And I definitely did not want uh, socks and shoes and junk all over the place and leftover wrappers from, you know, food gone by. And so I needed this place to feel and not just feel like home because it felt like home from probably the day that I got done feeling sorry for myself that we were here. And I say that because when the Lord gives you a blessing, and I've had to deal with this a lot lately, and I've been talking with a lot of different people here lately, I had to deal with the packaging that the Lord sends you blessings in. When the Lord sends you something, it's not going to, it probably will never look like we had imagined it. Because if it looked like what we'd imagined it to look like, it wouldn't be gone, right? It, it, it would be easily mistaken that we had done something for ourselves and we had manufactured that opportunity and we had created that 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 situation for ourselves, you know, independent of God and we didn't need him. So we couldn't give him any glory for that situation. But here we are right now in a spot where I'm like, okay, God, I need you to come through. I need you to come through. So so I need this package to look a certain way. But he laughs, I'm sure. Well, I should say I'm sure. I don't know. I would want to think that God laughed because we laugh, right? Because we, you know, I like to think we have, you know, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So I would like to think that there's some things that we say, I can imagine God just having a great, you know, bust up laugh at us because we're like, oh, yeah, right. You really think it's going to be like that. Watch, let me just blow your mind one time or two times or as many times as it takes. God is going to do his thing every time he decides to do his thing. And so it's always the thing. And so... It, it, with this place here. So I wanted it to be right. And in my waiting for God to move, I started feeling like, hmm, you need to go to this place. You need to go to this, that place. And you need to go to this store, that store, and, and, and have this, this this idea to make it look and feel like a, like a home and have this decoration just so these plants go here and this plant go there. And I, I find it odd that I would go to these places and these these items to decorate would kind of make the house come together and feel like home. And even as I'm saying this and, and, and recording this, this, this session right now, I'm just, I'm in awe of God because there's times when I've wanted and waited for God to move. I'm sure all of us have those times when we've wanted God to move on something. He wants to where we wanted God to change our condition and our situation so much that we just couldn't breathe. We just, and in and, and, and the things that were happening in our life that were a part of that move that we didn't think were related to the move were going on and we were taking it for granted. For me, even as I'm recording it and reflecting back on this, I'm like, okay, God, I want this place to feel like and look like home. But I never thought about until this very moment that just the conversations from God to go to this certain place at this certain time and pick, because, and I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, why am I going there? Okay, okay so case in point, I don't want to ramble around. So I wanted a rug for the front room where I'm sure that the idea came from God for the rug because it's just, they're just laminate floors. They look like wood, but they're just, vinyl and they it's a you know it can be a cold room in the in the cool months winter months and i just had the idea well 
I wouldn't like to have a rug there. But I know it's not for me. That was God saying, hey, you said you wanted this place to look like home. And that was a sincere request. And that was a sincere. So once we make a sincere request, not a fear-laden request, some request that you're openly, honestly making to the Lord, that prayer gets through. It moves the hand of God. Just like the lady with the woman with the issue of blood, she she had a sincere request. She wanted to be healed, and when Jesus was coming through her town, she had to she pressed through all of the other crowd of people to get to Jesus. She just she knew that she had enough faith that she knew that if she could just touch the very hem, the thread, just a portion of his garment, that that's all it is because it's power. See, what's funny is I don't know how many of you actually have listened, have read that scripture several times, and it doesn't say that she wanted to touch Jesus, didn't want to touch him physically, or that she didn't want him to touch her or to show her any attention. She just she just wanted to touch the hem of his garment and she had enough faith knowing that anything that Jesus wore had power. There's so many times in our lives that we forget that God has power over anything. He don't have to touch you. He don't have to look at you. He, he, in some cases, he can just have to breathe in, on you. He can just raise his hand in your direction, in our direction. And things change. So when we ask a sincere request and then things start happening, they're a part of they're, they're the answer to prayers that we've already made. They're, they're, they're an answer to the requests that we've may have already made. And sometimes those requests may have come from years ago that all of a sudden the things that you've asked for start to come to pass. But you gotta pay attention. We've gotta pay attention to the answers that are coming because We've asked God for so many things from a from a fearful position, but when we finally get to the point when we ask God in faith and he begins to move, sometimes as people we forget. I know I do. I forget that I even asked the Lord for that. So it doesn't how does it all relate together? So when the Lord starts to move, he's gonna move. He's gonna put things in place, he's gonna give us those witty ideas, he's gonna give us those witty inventions, he's gonna give us those great things to say and to do, or whether it be something simple as a rug or a couch or some pillows or a clock on the wall. Those of you who want to have your marriage fixed, he'll have he'll give you those conversations of how to to speak to your wife. Speak to you know, there's women listening. Give you he'll give you how to speak to your husband. For those of us who are not no longer married, those who and those who desire to be married again, if you say sincerely, Lord, I, I want to be married again. I don't want to be alone. Don't, Lord, I'm tired of being alive. I want to be in love with someone who loves me. When you finally make requests sincere, I want to learn how to communicate with my spouse. I want to learn how to communicate with my kids. I, I want to be able to be the best me, Lord, that you want me to be. So sometimes we make those requests when we're fearful and we don't believe they're going to happen. But when we really sincerely believe and stop and stop talking fearfully and say, Lord, I want to be who you want me to be. For real. The for real, for real. When we, when we make those requests that are the for real, for real ones, then the Lord moves. So when things start to happen in our lives that begin to show reflection of that, show evidence of that, show fruit of that, we shouldn't be surprised. But, but, so, so, but for me, my problem comes in where I'm not paying attention to what's happening because I'm looking somewhere else. I'm looking for the packaging to come in a certain way. I'm looking for the blessing to come in such a way that, oh yeah, I know that's that that's God there right there. I know I can see him coming. But the reality is 
God's always coming. He's always there. So he don't need to come in any special way with a special package that we understand because he's already there. And he needs us to just show up and conform our minds and our thoughts to him and keep asking him, God, what are you, what are you doing today? What are you showing today? Because as he begins to bring his blessings together, begins to bring, his, the, our, bring the answers to our questions and our requests together, so often we don't put it together that, yeah, I asked for that, huh? And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a memory and enlighten us and reveal to us and say, hey, you know, that blessing right there goes with this request. This blessing right here goes with that request. Because it's so often we find ourselves in this waiting spot where we believe that we're waiting on God to deliver what we've asked for when in reality, he's already delivering every uh, so many other things that we've already asked for. He's delivering and delivering and delivering. But it's us. We've forgotten the packaging. We've forgotten. The, and, and case in point, I, I deal with a, a company right now where I do returns. So, so a customer will call or, or contact us and they, they don't like their device. That it's not working the way they want. And I have to do a return. And so I get, I, I, I put together, you know, this information on our ordering system and there's an ordering number and then there's a, you know, a, a tracking number when I have to send them a, a, a packing slip to have their current device returned to us. So that has a tracking number. And sometimes if the, if the order for the new system doesn't get to them on time or for a purchase they may have made, they may even call in and say, hey, what's taking my package so long? And, that's, and we do that to God so often. Oh my gosh, we spend so much time. We made a request, our quote unquote purchase, and we think the Lord's spoken to us. We've got this tracking number, this order number. God, I asked you for a home that felt like a home, that looked like a home. I got this order number. What's taking us so long? Lord, I've asked you for a wife, but I'm lonely. Can I call and check on my order? What's the status on that order? Is that order on back order? Or, or, is it, or is it on its way? And in some cases, the order, the Lord's already delivered some of our blessings. But because we weren't asking God what this was that you sent us and paid attention that it was from him, that some of us left the packages on the couch or on the counter or tossed those packages out because we didn't realize that that was a package for us. We thought that the Lord had, that the mailman had delivered this package to the wrong person. So some of us don't even open them. Ooh. Some of us, some of us has even have, have even had a spouse delivered. And because they didn't come in the package that we were looking for, in the shapeliness and the and the tone and the tonality and the shape and the complexion and, the, and in the voice that we wanted, we passed them by. Some of us don't even think we've had the, the kids we wanted because maybe our kids have a sickness or an illness that, that has them chronically in the hospital. Or maybe we've got to push them around on monitors and constantly wipe the drool from their mouth. And That obviously couldn't have been something from God, right? Because that, that kid's broken. And I didn't ask for a broken kid. I asked, Lord, I asked for a child. The Lord gave you a child. 
Lord, I wanted someone I could take care of. Someone's going to always be with me. Well, so I say this. Have we ever thought about the blessings or and the requests that we're asking of God? Have we really thought about the specifics? I mean, because I know if we went to, I don't know, Amazon for instance, let's use them for an example. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, advocating Amazon because they don't support the show at all. Any show, restaurant, whatever, and you order something. I want a hamburger, chicken sandwich, or whatever. Okay, but you weren't specific on that. So they pass you this piece of meat on a plate with a napkin. So wait, 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 wait. I asked you for a hamburger. Well, okay, we're okay. That's a hamburger. In our restaurant, that's a hamburger. Okay, but but some of us may even think, okay, fine. You know, so we we have our favorite restaurants. We know what a hamburger looks like. Okay, so when you're ordering that hamburger, did you tell them to cook it? Or are you just assuming that it's going to be cooked? Did you ask for salt? Did you ask for condiments? Did you ask for a side of fries? Did you Did you need the fries? What did you ask for? Or, 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 or if today that you wanted that same burger, quote unquote, blessing, but this time you wanted something extra with it. I want, I, want to get, I want to be woken up today, God, so I want to be able to be on my way. But today I want a special blessing. What, what, what did you want that blessing to be? Crickets in silence because you didn't specify. God, I want a new job and I want to do this. I want to be able to stay home with the kids all day. I want to be able to, to, be, to work from home. That one hits home for me because I asked for a job that could work from home. But the current job I have is so intense since I started that you really can't leave from home. We can't, I can barely leave my desk to go to the bathroom because it's that intense right now. It's that focused. It's that, it's that much work at the moment. I say all this to say when you were talking to God and from a sincere place, we got to make sure that we're paying attention and we're being specific in what we're asking God for. Now, he knows what we want, yes, but he, you, you asked in faith for a certain thing. And I'm going to ask that you keep you tune in for us again and be right back. We're going to go to this break, which I love breaks. You're listening to The Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. 
And I'm right back here, Craig Carlisle being your host of the Raising Men Show. We're week 10 of Teachable Moments, and we're talking about in the waiting. And in the last segment we just came out of, we were talking about our specific requests of God, because we're, when we're waiting on God to deliver our blessings, to come through on, on what we believe he was going to come through, like, come on, dog, you need to come through for me. I, I, I need this. I want this real bad. I, I need this money for this, or I need this money for that. I, I need, I need, I need. But when you make the request sincere, sincere, some of us think we're so desperate in our request that we, we don't, I don't want to say we don't make the request make sense, but we don't really ask the Lord what we want from the, what we really truly want. So it's easy to make a sincere request out of desperation. But I believe that the Lord is reminding me in my waiting now, when I say when I'm waiting, I'm I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for something specific. I'm waiting for for me. I'm waiting for something specific. So the Lord had to remind me of of what I had already asked for. Because I already know I can't have the specific, <clears throat> I can't have the specific one that I want just yet. Because it's not time. And I know it's not time because I, for me to do what I believe I want to do, I don't have anybody to keep, to watch my kids. Because I, I, I don't want to be that dad that's absent. I don't want to be that dad that's not around. I don't want to be that dad who's who leaves his kids laying around with other people and in the, at the hands of other people. I believe that my kids are at the critical moment where they're, they're, they're doing well. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're surprising me every moment, almost every day with, with how they're changing and how they're growing, how they're blossoming and they're blooming into the next level of who the Lord's calling them to be. And, and, and just this past weekend, and I'll say that as I've been waiting for this one particular child to, to come out of his funk, I've been waiting for this one child to do his thing. I've been, I've been holding my breath, just, just pregnant with expectation waiting for him to come out of this this gloom and doom he had been in for some period of time. But in the waiting, I had not been paying attention to the fact that he, of the other parts that had been coming, coming along and had been changing in his life and his mindset coming around and his conversation changing and him actually kind of coming out of things. But I was waiting for these big, large things to happen as the, as the sign of life. And, and I'm, just in preparing for this, the Lord brought these scriptures to mind. And I, I thought, okay, fine. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I thought, okay, fine. I get it. God, will you know, help me with that scripture? Because I don't, I'm not really sure if I agree. Because if I, and that's, so I need to look at the definition of the word wait before I went to the scripture. Because I, you know, Isaiah 40 and 30 and 31 deals with that, is that scripture I'm talking about. But Galatians also deals with it too, Galatians 6, 9. So it just in starting with just the word wait, wait is a verb. And it's usually used without a subject. And so in I'm using dictionary dictionary.com. So we want to make sure we cite our, you know, the places where we're finding information. And so here the word wait is de described as a verb in this case, to remain inactive or in a state of repose, which is laying down or rest, as until something expected happens. It's always often followed by a for tail or an until. Now, and that's this interesting definition here because it's I mean, that means that you're inactive or you're not doing anything and you're in a state of rest until something expected 
happen. So when we're waiting on the Lord, we can't wait not believing. This is a, this is a waiting upon the Lord from an expecting. You're, we're expecting God to do something. We're expecting God to move on our behalf. We're expecting God to come through. So that's that's what this that's what these scriptures are talking about. Those who wait upon the Lord expectantly, because that's what it actually is defined as in the Greek. That word in the Greek for for wait is the same definition here in the English. That it's waiting on ex, waiting expectantly for something to happen, for for God to come through, for a blessing to arrive, for the answer to prayer to come through. Wait is also defined as in a, a verb as of things to be available or in readiness. So something is waiting on you or a letter is waiting for you. A blessing is waiting for you. I Meaning it's already happened. It's, it's waiting for us to show up. It's waiting for us to become aware that it's there. It's waiting for us to, to open it. It's waiting for us to actually realize that, that that was given to us is actually our blessing that we're supposed to have from God. Wait is also a noun, an act or instance of waiting or awaiting, delay, halt, meaning that if you had to wait at a border, if you had to wait at a store, if you had to wait at the altar of God, if you had to wait at the foot of God or as, you're, as you're praying, if you had to wait for something before you can make your request, wait is also a period of waiting. If you're waiting for God to, if you're waiting expectantly, it's, it's that waiting period, it's that period that you're waiting expectantly for God to move. And so it's really odd that the, the dictionary even uses the definition of the word to describe itself. So wait is, a, is the period or interval of waiting. So if we're in, if we're waiting for the Lord to, to move, yes, it's that wait period. So it's that, it's the in the waiting. It's, it's that moment where we're trying to realize God, you already answered that prayer so I can get up. I've, I've already seen my child, you know, healthy and move so I can get a life now too because he's got one. It's that moment when I can really exhale now because you've already come through. It's that moment when we can really just finally get up and off that thing and step forward in faith because we no longer have to wait because the Lord's already moved on our behalf, already moved that mountain out of the way. We just have to open our eyes enough and see it. Some of us wait on the Lord and with our eyes closed and squint and just smash shut. So not even so, so much so that we squeeze them so hard that they can even see the light coming through on the inside of our eyes. Because you see these little like circly squiggly red marks because we're squeezing our eyeballs so much. Sometimes we forget and fool ourselves and make us think that that's light. When in reality, we've got our eyes closed. We can't wait upon the Lord in fear. We have to wait on the Lord with power, with expectancy, knowing that the Lord is going to do exactly what he, you know, what he said he was going to do, what he promised he would do when we made that sincere request. So here we are, Isaiah 30, sorry, Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31. And it's dealing with, it's at the end of a long rant from Isaiah. And so he, Isaiah is, is frustrated and, and he's, he's really going through this, I don't know, this, this monologue, right? And so at the end of his monologue, he talks about, he says, even youths get tired and weary. Even strong young men clumsily stumble. But those who wait for the Lord will wait for the Lord's help. 
find renewed strength as they rise up as eagles' wings, as if they had eagles' wings, sorry. They run without growing weary. They walk without getting tired. And I looked at that, <clears throat> and like I was saying earlier, the definition of yet those who wait is from the standpoint of being of waiting expectantly, as if you're waiting for something to happen. And they will gain new strength, and they will not and they will mount up on wings like eagles, and they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And I sit and I love that scripture because it it makes me makes me ask the question, I'm like, okay, God, when I get tired of doing something, when I get tired of waiting, when I get tired of doing whatever it was, <coughs> excuse me, that you had me to do, God, I just I get tired. I just want to I just want to take a knee for a second. I just want to sit down. I want to rest. I don't feel like recording shows today. I don't feel, I don't feel like preparing messages today. I don't I don't feel like cooking today. I don't feel like cleaning clothes, you know, doing dishes. I don't feel like washing myself. I don't feel like doing nothing, Lord. I, not today. I just need to, I just need a break. I don't feel like being a parent today. I don't feel like being a spouse today. I don't feel like I don't feel like it, Lord. I just want to stop. But it says those who wait on the Lord. And that's waiting expectantly. Like I'm I'm expecting the Lord to do something. I'm expecting the Lord to move. And Lord, and when I'm tired, Lord, I'm expecting you to move and make me not tired. God, because you know that there's moments where I just don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to take any more customer calls. I don't want to answer any more questions from children. I don't even want to get yelling and screaming at this kid who's in the shower after bedtime when they know they should have already had it done. I don't want to tell, tell them again to pick up their clothes for the 90th time or 100th time or 1,000th time. I don't want to have to remind them to take the trash out. God, God I just, right now, I just, I just don't. I don't feel like arguing with my spouse anymore. I don't, I don't feel like being nothing. But those who wait upon the Lord, expectantly waiting, will gain new strength and they will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run and not grow tired and they will walk and not become weary. I think for me, there's moments when I don't, I don't think the Lord's going to do anything. So when I don't think he's going to do anything, he won't. So I'm not really waiting. I'm just sitting around. So in this case, you can't wait because in the case of expectantly, because you're not, you're not expecting anything to happen. So you're not waiting. You're just sitting around. Sloughing up. You're not, you're just, you have idle hands. I think that'll, that'll preach all on its own. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For though for in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. And the reaping there is just like, you know, a harvest time where you'll, you'll reap the benefits, you'll receive a benefit, you'll see the fruit of your labor, so to speak. So often I, as a parent, I've been like, man, is it ever going to be worth it, God? All this pain, all this sorrow, all this loneliness, all this frustration, all this 
ah, is it really going to be worth it? Because I'm tired of the same thing. I'm tired of getting up. I'm tired of getting after these kids, Lord. I'm tired of people not understanding. I'm I'm tired of being the only adult in my adult uh, relationships. God, I'm just tired of the same old thing. I'm tired of recording for Tuesday. Is there anybody really listening? I'm I'm tired of doing the social media push. I'm tired of living transparently. Lord, I'm tired of doing these things. But you know what? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for being there. I thank you for everything that you're allowing to happen. I thank you for the waiting. I I thank you for allowing me to be in the wait. Lord, I I thank you for the opportunity to be a blessing and be an example. I I thank you for being a a, a father. Lord, I I thank you for the time that you allowed me to have been a husband. And Lord, I thank you for in the future that you'll allow me to be a husband again. But right now, Father, in the waiting, I'm tired. In the waiting, God, during this period of waiting until you move from from these kids getting old enough to get out of my house and get out of my pocket, so I can, and I, I'm I'm tired, God. But I, but I thank you along the way because I'm already seeing that, that if I paid attention, that as I see them growing, as I see them changing, and, if, and if, as I, as I see them becoming who you call them to be, God, in that waiting period that I've got from the time that they're born to the time that they finally do move, that's a long wait period. That's 18 to 20 some years, some in some cases. So in that waiting period, we will you will renew our strength if we don't give up if we don't fail if i don't stop trying if i don't stop becoming or being a parent if i don't stop being an example if if i don't faint if i don't give up if i don't get frustrated and catch a case god lord i I feel you I, i thank you for the opportunity in the waiting we have to thank god for every moment for the breath that he gives us otherwise we're stuck we're frustrated we sit back and we give up and that's one of the re- re- one of the things i'm finding with the major causes of suicide is because people get tired of the waiting they want everything right now they want their situation to change overnight they want we want our situations and so often to be perfect but there's no perfect situation ever it can feel perfect for the moment, for the instant that you're involved in some happy time. But even in that encounter, it's when that's over, it's over. And, and, it, and you have to get up and you've got to keep moving. And there's another moment that's going to come. And that moment may not be so perfect. We have to be able to wait upon the Lord with expectancy. No matter what it is, we have to expect that the Lord is going to move on, the, on our behalf. We have to expect that there's going to be something good to have. Even when we hurt, even when we're in the midst of the bad report from the doctor, even when we, the kids are getting bad grades, even when the kids are being defiant, even when we're becoming defiant, when we don't want to go to church, we don't want to follow after the way, when we don't want to listen for God and we just want to complain, when we want to keep hitting that bottle and, or hitting that the pill bottle or alcohol bottle, whatever it is, or injectable bottle, or if we, want, if, if we still are you know, smoking and drinking and doing the things we're not supposed to do, even in those times, we cannot give up. For them, some for some of us, they need to get up and go to the gym and stop eating bad. Yeah, in those waiting periods as well, the Lord is going to. If we don't give up, if we don't choose to listen to the voice of the enemy to make us believe that whatever we're doing for God is worthless, He'll renew us. He'll renew our strength. For those who are leaders out there, I I speak to you. 
Because so many who aren't leading are looking at leaders right now like for like like they're waiting on their next breath. Okay, those of you listening to WKBY 1080 AM, when was the last time you called Pastor Larry and or Anita or anyone at the station and thanked him for the programming? Thank them for the programming. Thank them for the for having an outlet. Thank. When's the last time someone thanked them for the countless tireless hours that they spend, the, the sacrifice that they that they do to have the station on the air? I mean, you know, it's easy to to sit back and go, "Well, shoot, man, you know, Larry's got this thing. He's, he's rolling and doing on the radio station, and you know, and they all got, you know, they're all they're doing their thing. I don't need to thank them. I don't need to do it. They, they're all they're all good." But you ever thought about what it takes to run a radio station? WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia is on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And you know what? I know some of y'all turn it on WKBY 1080 AM on holidays, Christmas Day. I know you'll turn them on on Sunday morning when you want to hear Bishop speak. I know you won't put them on any other pastor, some other other pastors on speaking, or turn on the radio and hear me speaking. You ever wonder who's on the station making that happen? You ever thought about the days that they miss with their family? And in some cases, they may be waiting for more help to come. They may be waiting for more advertisers to come to keep the lights on, keep the transmitter going, and have someone else help them on the holiday so they can get a break, so they can go. So they can get recharged and refreshed. So I, I, I bless the leadership of WKBY 1080 AM with peace and with refreshing and with renewing because in their waiting for more to come, in their waiting for expansion to come, and in their waiting for new equipment to come, in their waiting for more revenue to come to build and provide a, a, a more robust system, they're still blessing us. Even in the title of the acronym for WKBY, we keep blessing you. In the waiting, they're blessing. In the waiting, they're serving. In their pain, they're serving. In their tears, they're serving. When's the last time you said thank you to your pastor, your pastor's wife, school teachers, police officers? Doctors. Some of these people are tired. And over the past several weeks, there's been a rash of pastors killing themselves. Tired. Because far so often, we don't ever think about our leaders needing rest, of our leaders needing refreshing. I don't think of our leaders needing help because some folks have a perverted view. And, and I'm not saying that it's not right. There are some leaders who have perverted the view of leaders and they. So they made mistakes and, and they made a bad choice. And so those leaders that are perverted, we pray the Lord takes care of them. And I'm not going to sit up under a perverted leader of any type, whether it be presidential, in a case, well, how do you, you can't sit up under, you can't help but sit up under a presidential leadership that's, that's corrupt because if, if they're leading you, what are you going to do, leave the country? I, I'm not planning to leave the country right now. So I have to retract that statement that, yeah, unfortunately, I have to sit up underneath a corrupted leadership. And I'm, I'm not saying it's it's not being anything with the current regime. I'm saying any any leadership. Whether you like it or not, if there's a corruption there, we don't have any. We have a choice to give our vote the right way. We've got to, and if it doesn't go our way, we have to keep praying for our leadership. Are we praying for our pastors? 
then that's P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, not P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. And some of folks didn't even know that there was a difference in the words. But when you're praying P-R-A-Y for someone, that means that you're, that you're asking the Lord's help to strengthen and bless them in good times and in bad times. And to give them wisdom and to speak blessings to them and to, and to lead them in the way of the Lord and yielding their heart over. Now, some of us are P-R-E-Y-ing on them. That means that we're drawing from them. We're taking from them all the time. That means that you're like a predator and you're trying to take, you're trying to consume them. You're trying to consume what they've got. You're trying to, to kill them. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing to our leadership. We need to make sure that even with our parents and people like that, check on them. See how they're doing. Don't just see what I can get from you. It's not about what you can always take. in the Because we, we take it for granted. I, I do. I take it for granted because I'm dealing only with me. Well, I'm in the waiting for what the Lord's going to give me, what I've asked for. And I, I'm still looking for a bunch of things. But everybody is waiting. And sometimes when people we when you when you're dealing with a person who's waiting sometime and they don't follow God and, and, and listen to his voice, there's there's an easy way to to get angry and frustrated because you're waiting on something that hasn't come up. I'm waiting for that package to come that I ordered from my favorite place and it just should have already been here. And during that waiting, we can get angry and we can lash out at the people who are closest to us and have a misplaced aggression. And we we can't do that. We, sh we need to make sure that we have everything in our proper perspective that God is moving on our behalf even when we don't think he is. Okay, we got another break. We're going to go into the last segment. You're listening to the, the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. And we're, we're in week 10 of our study, Teachable Moments. And this week is talked about in the waiting room. And we're going to keep dealing with what you know with, with waiting on God expectantly. And in the next segment, we're going to have some tools to help us deal better in that waiting. We'll be right back after this message. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor, specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yobo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. And we're back to the last segment of the day, last segment of this week, last segment of the week 10 of Teachable Moments. And we've been talking uh, from the concept of this week of in the waiting. And, and we spoke earlier about waiting is... It's just what it is. It's it's waiting expectantly, waiting for something to happen, wondering, you know, when God is going to be there, when is he going to show up, when is he going to do what he promised and said he would do, what he put on his heart 
for, you know, for him to do if we get to be excited about what we're supposed to do. And so that's what waiting is all about. And that's what we spent the first two segments talking about is, is waiting and what waiting looks like. Now, we're going to spend this last 14 minutes, we're going to drive it home with some tools to help us wait. And when I was preparing for this, I asked the Lord, you know, what do, they, what do we say here? What do I say here? What, how, how do I really sum this up? And what is a good tool to have? And the Lord gave me that we should wait with people who speak life. Don't wait with weighty people. And, and the weighty there is not people who were waiting. It's people who are heavy laden, heavy laden, heavy burdened and weigh you down. So don't, don't wait with people who are, are covered and laden with just an overabundance of baggage and, and that are going to drag you down and cause you to not cause us to not be prepared for what the Lord is giving us. And because there's sometimes that we all have friends. I know we, we all should have friends. I mean, it, it, there's people out there who may think I don't have a friend and no one loves me and blah, blah, blah. And, but we do, we do have people out there that, that are trying to speak to us that are trying to do whether it's to pray with us, P-R-A-Y, or pray on us, P-R-E-Y. And, and there's, a, there's a difference between the two because, and we've talked about that earlier, about the difference between the two. And we really need to know that because in if we're not paying attention to what people's motives are and allowing ourselves to be involved with the people who have bad motives for us and who have agendas and, and, and whose agendas are to- completely opposite of ours, we're going to find ourselves weighted down you know, bogged down and pulled back from our goal because I know <clears throat> there's uh, there's there's the old saying that misery loves company, and we and we've talked about it even in in our community about how the the, the crabs in a barrel mentality. Well, it, it applies to a lot of people in a lot of places and a lot of things where there's people who are in our lives that really like it when we're down. There's people who who really enjoy when we're at the same level as as they are because. They're not waiting with expectancy. They're just sitting around. They're not. They're not waiting on God to do something miraculous in their life. They're just kicking back and hanging around with the devil, just not doing nothing. So when you begin to rise up and actually believe that the Lord actually is going to do some things in your life, that that you, when you really believe that there's really something special about you, that when you really start to believe that that the word of God is true, and that you start actually speaking that life, because we we really have to deal with the word. And, and in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, it talks clearly about death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So, but here's the thing. What if, when I read that in the Passion Translation, because that was the new English translation. So when I read it in the Passion Translation, I got a little offbeat with that one. And I was like, because it says, your words are so powerful and they kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. And I'm not a talkative person. And people are like, well, you have a radio show or, and you've got another podcast and, and you're, you're a dad. All day. And I do uh, customer support you know, like six days a week and I'm on the phone and I'm on email and chat dealing with customers and, and people. And when it comes really time for me, I don't really want to say anything to anybody. I don't want to deal with the phone. I don't want to, sometimes I don't, I don't even want to talk to my kids and I don't, I don't want to say nothing to anybody because I'm talking all the time, but, but that's talking about stuff that solves other people's problems. That's not talking about the life giving power of God here. But even when we deal with people, how we deal with people really 
has a way to either build that relationship or to damage it and, and kill it. So have to, we all have to remember how we deal with people. And, and, and when we set healthy boundaries and when we speak life to ourselves, we have to remember that we can't speak negatively to ourselves. It brings us down. It, it sets a precedence that we're no longer any good. And then we're going to end up bringing ourselves to a, a hurtful end and not to that glorious end that the Lord wants us to be. So if we're not speaking life, if we're not to reminding ourselves that we're good, if we're not reminding ourselves that God is right there for us, if we're not reminding us of the things of God that, you know, who can, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? And and, and the other ones that were very popular is I can do all things who got through Christ who gives us strength. And Romans 8, 28 was my one of my favorites that really got us through for years and years that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And so we have to be reminded that the Bible also says out of a man's heart flows the issues of life. So if we're not speaking into our heart those good issues, those things that are a positive and good word, that means when we speak, if it's we've got all that negative out there, we wind up throwing up all this negativity on, on people instead of actually speaking the word of God and the word of truth, not just to other people, but to ourselves first. I was having a conversation with a young man who, you know, you know, it's good to share and to sow into people's lives. The Lord had placed this young man on my heart and, and I was, the Lord led me to remind him. And it was really for me first that when we, when we talk to people, when we're on air, when we're, you know, in, in our church pulpits or wherever we may be, or platforms or wherever we may be at talking to people that we may labor with people and pray instead, be steadfast with people for their, for their issues. But when it comes to our own issues, the word of God is still true. It's nothing changed there. It's just the, from the person's perspective in which we, which is coming. So the same word that we would give other people to to build them up and hold them accountable and and to uh, refresh and renew their spirit, it works with us as well. But we have got to want to give it to ourselves as well. We've got to believe that we're worthy enough. We've got to believe that the Lord loves us enough to receive those words and to give those words. We kind of, we got to make sure that we know and remind ourselves that we're worthy enough to be able to receive those words from ourselves. So that's what we, that's one of the tools we have to do. We have to speak life to ourselves first. And the second thing is we have to make sure that we surround ourselves with people that are, that are good. They're also going to speak life to us. Don't, don't wait around with weighty people because if you, I know the Bible talks about, you know, don't forsake the, assembly of the anointed and that we use that so often with our our excuses to going to church and to 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 fellowship and and spend time amongst believers and that's all a wonderful thing and i'm not saying that we shouldn't go to church and i get it we shouldn't go i'm not saying we shouldn't go to a corporate setting on saturday or sunday or whatever your church meets and and you go and you sit and you listen to the word and you you hear the music and you sit amongst believers no i'm saying that you shouldn't just wait for a sunday we should all have a collection of people that, that we are allowing to speak in our lives, that we believe in, that we feel safe with, because we can't tell our business and our issues to everyone because not everyone has our you know, our good in our back and it has our good in their mind. And, and well, quite frankly, we don't have everyone else's good in our mind either because not everybody we got it, that we're going the same way with, not everybody we want to spend that kind of time with, not everyone we're led to share our pearls with. Some cases, it's like throwing your pearls before the swine. That's in the scripture as well. Why would you throw a pearl out in front of a swine? Because a swine is not going to do anything good with a pearl. Because to some other people, 
in your relationship, we need to really check that. And the Lord said, you know, in this relationship, God, am I the swine? Then they're throwing their pearls before me, or are they the swine? And and I'm throwing my pearls before them. And there's no good that's going to come out of that. But if you look at what even how Jesus lived, he had he had you know a, a group of guys that he he hung around with and that he that he sold into their life and that they were there with him and they were to try to build him up when he was down and but he was he was God at all points and even when when Jesus needed to go away and pray he took that small group and I was just talking to a good friend of mine about this passage and I was like man uh, Joanne Hoy and I were talking about this and I said Joe I mean we we are you know, we're dealing with this passage here. We're dealing with, with the things of God. And, and when Jesus, when he needed to pray, he took a few disciples with him and he had them wait for him at this little this little spot. And he kind of went along farther to speak life to himself and, and to, to talk to God about his, you know, pending death and situation. And he was he was kind of frustrated. He was, a, you know, I'm not saying he was afraid, but he was, he was just asking God and pleading, God, hey, if if, if you would, you know, you let this cup pass from me. But so when Jesus got done, you know, pleading his case before God, he came back and he saw the, his disciples, his buddies sitting there and they had fallen asleep. And I'm, and the Bible speaks about how Jesus lashed out on them, lashed out of the disciples and, hey, can't you just, could you just stay awake for a minute? Can you just tarry for a little while with me? Like, can you just have my back while I was going to me? Can you just, can you just be in prayer with me? Can't you just do something while I went over there and did that and prayed? And I, and I think it's, it's quite a testament to us as well, because I know as we have a, a, a group of people that we're, that we're in, in community with, and I, and I know we all need community because it's, it's important to not be alone. We don't need to be that, that lone sheep out there ready to be plucked off by the wolves or picked up by that lion. And so, or the person who, or the enemy who's acting like a lion. So let's just make sure we get the context correct. So. But those guys didn't, those disciples, they didn't really understand at that moment what the magnitude and the gravity of the situation. And so even when we're dealing with our close circle and those people who are speaking life and those who are having the same vision that we have, <clears throat> they need to understand what your vision is. And so we need to make sure that we're talkative about making that vision plain to them. So when when you go to a place and you go to a spot and you're like, hey, I need you to go with me. I need you to be in prayer with me. And or just, just, just keep me in mind. Well, no, be specific. Hey, I, I believe the Lord's got me on this type of thing. I, I believe the Lord is going to take my ministry here. I, I believe the Lord's going to do this for me. I, I believe the Lord's going to heal me. I believe the Lord's going to do this. Can you go in prayer with me? Can you stand in agreement with me? You know, can you pray with me? Can I need to really be fasting and praying about this here? I, I need some help, and I need I, I, I forgive my unbelief, Lord. I, I feel a little afraid of what you're going to do here, and I'm not sure about the situation here. The people who are in your corner, that are in your community group, they need to understand where you are. Because if they don't understand where they are, they can't speak life to your situation. If we if we pull back and we reel ourselves back into our shell like some turtles or or like a snail, there's there's nothing anybody really around you really can do. Then they can tap on the shell or they can sit near you and they can pray for what they believe the Lord has given them to pray for. But you would want them to be specific and and get really to that situation, get to the heart of the matter, because you would want to do the same for them. You wouldn't want your friend to cut themselves off and, and, and reel themselves back from you. You would want your friend to stand there and say, hey, look, I've got this kind of problem. I'm feeling this kind of way. I'm feeling some kind of way about this, that, or the other. Pray for me. And I know as men, it gets to be hard. It gets to be embarrassing sometimes to really sit there back and go, 
I'm not going to admit to this dude or another, you know, friend that I don't really have this thing all together or, you know, I don't don't really have this whole situation. But the reality is that's a trick from the enemy, because if that community group, as the Lord has given you to have, are people that you respect, people that that you love and people who love you and have your best interests at heart, they're going to give you the love and the version that you need because they're in tune with God. So there's moments that you need to have that tough love, then you're going to get the tough love. If you're in those moments when you need that, oh, you'll be okay. Then you're going to get that okay. But please believe it. There's moments when, you know, when you really think you need that okay, and they're going to give you that kick. You know, there's some days, some moments you, when you think you need that, they're going to give you that opposite. You're going to get exactly what the Lord needs to give you. And it's not going to always come in the package that you swear that you wanted it to be in. So again, this is where we are. We're in the waiting. And this is how we wait expectantly. And, and these are the tools. So remember, the tools, when you're in that waiting moment, expectantly for God to move and do something, that we want to wait with people who speak life. And don't wait with the weighty people because weighty people are not going to do anything but weigh you down. I know some of us can look at our bellies right now and our thighs and think, man, I'm, I may be one of those weighty people that be weighing, be weighing myself down. But that's not what we're talking about here. That's the context in terms of a visual. But we're talking about in terms of carrying baggage. And the Lord wants us to travel light and to, to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. So as we're in the waiting be reminded that God is sending us blessings all the time that we may not even be paying attention to. You all have been a blessing to me just by listening to this program and you're listening to, again, The Raising Men Show right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Or you can listen to us on our podcast archives at uh, theraisingmenshow.com. We'll see you all again next Tuesday for another Super Tuesday as we continue through our study. Teachable Moments. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family.